On this episode, we talk to industry veteran and director of client managers, Mr. Steve Seidner, about uh, hospital contracts and the differences that we're seeing nowadays. Atlas All Access starts now. Coming to you from Atlas Medstaff in Omaha, Nebraska. You ask, we answer. Welcome to Atlas All Access. Mr. Steve Seitner is with us today. Good morning. Welcome, Steve. Industry veteran. Veteran. Expert. I like how you didn't put expert until Adam just said expert. <laughs> expert. We'll expert. go with veteran. Veteran. I don't want to speak out of turn. You've been in you've been in the industry for 15 years About now? 15, 16 years at this wow. point. Yes, sir. Man, so longer than me. Yes, sir. By a year. By a wide margin. It's like a year. It is a year. <laughs> <laughs> Who better to talk about hospital contracts, though, than yeah. is with our, our director of client management here is uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Seidner. So and we'll give it a good go. Yeah, We're and I think try it, at least I, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun exercise, just because I, I think there's a lot of confusion out there as to just who holds what or what a what a VMS is, what an MSP is, what you know that type of thing. So yeah. let's let's. I think that's the first question. Really, is the the distinction of an MSP mm -hmm. and a VMS? Yeah. So let's talk through that. Let's let's uh, let's, and that was actually one of the one of the questions I didn't have written down, but I knew we would get to. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? Yeah, I guess uh, at its simplest form, the difference between VMS and MSP, they both ultimately serve as a staffing resource for hospitals and platforms even outside of healthcare staffing. But the difference mainly is the VMS is just a software that acts as a staffing body, um, doesn't necessarily have any recruiting interest itself as far as reaching out and doing the hiring, doing the onboarding, doing the qualifying. It is simply a software um, or a website that companies like ours would use to submit nurses either to a hospital or to a, a secondary vendor. Um, now, an MSP is, is a managed service provider. Uh, the big distinction there is that in addition to having the software, they themselves are doing the recruiting first and foremost. So traditionally, at least within these four walls, we identify the difference as being an MSP has a vested interest in recruiting their nurses usually first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And then after they've kind of used up all of their resources and haven't maybe been able to fill a spot, then they will sub them out to companies like ours. Whereas a VMS traditionally, every company that signs up through it gets the needs from day one. So is there, is there a like industry standard for an MSP? How long do they try to fill those jobs internally before they release them to the sub vendors? Um, you know, and that's there's going to be a lot of inconsistency, and probably through this whole thing, I'm going to say, you know, no two companies operate the same. Yes. Um, even companies within themselves will have different agreements in place with the clients that they serve. Um, there are some companies out there that truly do give us things lifetime, you know, um, and then there are companies that we've we've heard of hold jobs for up to 21 days, 24 days in worst case scenarios before they'll go out and try and bring companies like us in. So, you know, I would say the common thread we usually see is somewhere around that four to five day limit, you know, one business week to try and fill it in-house before they give us a crack at it. So then from a recruiter standpoint, I mean, that makes a pretty big difference when you're, when you're recruiting. Yeah, and, and like Steve said, everything is kind of fluid and changing all the time. And mm -hmm. I think that's even the best recruiters can get slipped up by the best travelers out there because information that is a week old or two weeks old, you know, it can switch from a VMS or to an MSP or, you know, switch yeah. hands of who has the provider. And so then it changes days and timelines. So, mm -hmm. you know, a traveler might ask me, hey, do you have this contract? Well, I will. 
I'll usually get it in two to three days, you know, and the next thing you know, it pops up on the job board because mm -hmm. it, it's with a different MSP now mm -hmm. and, and we have it live time and stuff. So it is, it's very tough to follow along sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would say, you know, people on Facebook groups and stuff, you know, not necessarily getting blown up for not knowing their information or not knowing their providers yeah. and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. It can, as a recruiter, you can get stumped pretty quick on 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 keeping up with those things. So yeah, I, you know, to that fact, I guess to that point, you know, some some of the relationships we have kind of dictate the amount of rope we get and, mm -hmm. and how willing they are maybe to give us a crack at something mm -hmm. before their normal threshold would maybe have expired. Correct. You know, based on internal relationships and and you know, based on our model of having you know no real tie-ins. We don't have a one person for this MSP, one person for that VMS, that kind of a model. Mm -hmm. You know, we do see sometimes the differences that that relationship can still make. You know, our approach when we have these type of relationships is, you know, treat it just as if you would if it was a direct client. So instead of your point now being at the hospital, your point is with, you know, one of the MSPs or one of the, the, the VMS reps. Yep. Traditionally, like I said, there is no delay in, uh, in job to market through the VMS platform. So really what we're talking about, that delay is, is isolated to the MSP side. And again, it's not that the hospital jobs aren't getting out in front of people, it's that they're not trickling down to the sub companies like us. Mm -hmm, sure. um, but what we do find sometimes is that, you know, based on that internal relationship, these nurses are in a lot of companies' databases. So there are a lot of times that they're hearing about needs before they've been released to us. Mm -hmm. So based on the relationship, sometimes the, those MSPs do allow us to send a profile to them stating, hey, basically this nurse has been with us, she's pretty loyal to us, kind of give them that spiel and say, we understand there's an opening, is there any way we could could trump that that delay? Sure. Um, and then they come back to us and say, there is no need, we've already filled it, or absolutely, let's give it a shot. You sure. know, that kind of a thing. So, but it's always but worth you don't asking. know if, yeah, you don't know if you don't try. Right, it's always worth asking. Yep. So, no, let's go back to, let's go back to the VMS model, because you said there generally isn't a delay. What about a tiered system? Because there are, there's tiering systems to VMSs out there, which is some. Yeah, right? no, you're absolutely right. Um, the tiering thing seems to be something that's really, really taken, uh, taken hold lately, it kind of seems to be the in vogue thing right now. Mm -hmm. um, what I do believe that's a reaction from, one of the things you see a lot in this industry is um, VMSs going to MSPs and then MSPs going back to VMSs. Mm -hmm. You know, the hospitals maybe get convinced that it, there is a better way maybe of doing it than managing it themselves um, based on a number of factors. It could either be, you know, their internal resources, they don't have enough to, you know, designate a full-time person to, to doing this, mm -hmm. um, or, or one of a, a number of reasons. But what you do see is that they kind of switch between each other. Um, the reason I believe for tiering is one of the, the things the tiering does is it still kind of cuts down on that pool. Some VMSs might have one, two, three, four hundred companies as their subgroup. Mm -hmm. And so it's still a lot of work for them at that point to manage that large volume of customers. At the end of the day, almost any client has about 15 true 20 true companies that are regularly filling their needs. Mm -hmm. And so that is something that we've seen starting to take hold in the way of, of a tiering structure. So those VMSs will provide opportunity. They'll look at data. You know, one thing VMSs and MSPs traditionally have is a lot of money backing them up and a lot of, of resources to where they can run data and see who are truly focusing on filling these and who are just trying to have contracts to say they have the contracts. Sure. So those companies putting the effort into developing those relationships um, are getting rewarded with, with maybe earlier access. Mm -hmm. But I'd say the difference is the hospitals are always signing off on this. You know, it's not the VMS necessarily saying this is happening, whereas the MSPs, that's just their default model. 
Okay. Understood. And, you know, Rich and I, we've talked about this a couple times, not necessarily um, it's specifically on this topic, but as a hospital, if you got 400 calls from 400 different agencies every single day, yeah. it would be a full-time job for one, two, three different people. So then that's why they go to a VMS or MSP. Well, it's the same thing with a VMS or MSP. They're getting 400 calls from different agencies saying, hey, yeah. I want this job. What jobs do you have? So they go to a tier system of people who have been successful on filling their jobs, who keep their nurses compliant, who pay their fees on time, all that kind of stuff. And then yeah. that's where you get to a tiering system. So they're only dealing with their top 20 companies, mm -hmm. 30 companies, 50 companies, yeah. whatever they choose that to be. Yep as less of a headache of trying to work with 400 True. Well, on, and, and, on there. And I know we, we're throwing around a number like 400, and that might seem like a really big number, but that's actually infantile. I mean, the industry is 1,200 plus companies strong, you know, at least in the nursing parameter, mm -hmm. um, or I guess in the nursing realm. Uh, over the last year, I've had the, the opportunity to literally go sit in 10, 12, 14 VMS corporate offices, MSP corporate offices, and sit down and talk to these people and see the sheer number of companies they're truly working with. And again, based on that company setup, you're talking, you know, a possible exposure of 1,200 companies. Obviously, not every company has every contract, but you know, the bigger VMSs, you know, their their fingerprint or their thumbprint is all over the country, so they do get exposed to different people in different areas, different regions, yep. little niche companies that might just say staff Georgia or might just staff OR, might just, you know, mm -hmm. so there's room for them in certain areas. But beyond that, when you talk about the companies based on setup they could have multiple contacts within a company. So when you sit there and say these people are getting two, three, four hundred phone calls, that's absolutely legitimate. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, there are these sexier jobs. They're, you know, the, the easier to fill, the better bill rates, yep. better locations. And when those things drop, every company has somebody for that job and they're literally getting beaten up. I remember uh, just this past March, I was in an office for one hour and the lady I was with when we got done pointing out, she missed 27 phone calls and she's like, and then she opened up her email and I mean, there were dozens and dozens more. Yep. So you, you, you extract that and look at it at every hour of the day. And that's just for one job she posted that didn't yeah. have anything to do with the 20 clients she was servicing from out yeah, So that's, I, I get, I get how overwhelming that side of the relationship can be as well. So, so it's, it's very easy to, to hate on. The VMS model, right? But when it comes right down to it, they bring value to the hospital that that, that it, uh, it can be unmatched, right? Yeah. Fair or not, right? I mean, it's it fair or not that that hatred on the VMS model has always kind of been there. I, I yeah, you talk about the David versus Goliath thing. You know, when it comes to that thing again, mm -hmm. a lot of these people are big companies, big corporations, big dollars, GPOs, mm -hmm. you know, capital investment firms backing these things, so they just mm -hmm. have resources that you know an upstart company like ours doesn't have. So you know you kind of got to look at it one of two ways. You're either going to fight them or play nice with them, yep. you know, and and mm -hmm. you know use them and their resources to hopefully help build your business and, right. and our business and you yeah. know that's kind of been our model up to this point is right. play nice with everybody, you know, play nicer with those that choose to give us more opportunities, that kind of a thing, but yep. you know it, it is it is reality. Um I don't have any firm statistics to back this up but i've heard from more than one of these visits i've done this year that vms msp is is in about 78 to 82 percent of of mm -hmm. every hospital out there and if you look to look at the uh, quarterly reports that the publicly traded companies mm -hmm. put out there to the public yep. you know those numbers seem very consistent you know absolutely okay so then let, let's talk about 
the the VMS model dominating oh. you know what what we do right now right yeah. and where is the MSP model in relation to that yeah so I think the VMS model was around uh, first um, mm -hmm. by my understanding and started with a, a large platform and obviously you know slowly gained traction mm -hmm. um, you know whenever there's anything that seems to be successful and new it always spawns copycats sure. everybody always maybe sees a kink in the armor or, or, or a way to do something better mm -hmm. so they start their own competing product and then now instead of just one or two places hearing about it you got twice the companies out there starting to call and pitch the same idea which turns into four companies eight companies kind of that upside down pyramid that just takes off and so then the industry becomes very aware of this new opportunity or this new offering that's out there but you know there became the opportunity where they were still using this software and not getting their needs filled so then there came the day where somebody was like you know what we can do it, but we need to own the process, you know, and by owning mm -hmm. the process, we're going to put our name behind whether this succeeds or fails. Yep. And what that means is we're going to enter into like a true partnership. So instead of us just being a vetting body and trying to weed out all of the, you know, nonsense or the unqualified people for you, we're going to put our name behind whether this does or doesn't succeed. But in order to do that, we need to run it fully. Internal. Obviously, we're right. not going to be doing the hiring of travelers for you. You still have full hiring, firing decisions when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. But we are going to go out, we are going to vet the companies that are good for you to work with. We're going to, you know, push all of our recruiters to fill these needs uh, and, and make it a priority. Now, I don't think, you know, it's ever truly probably advertised when they go into the hospitals that, you know, there is going to be a delay between when we start working on filling sure. it or us sending it out to the entire supporting partner network. Mm -hmm. um, but that's kind of, you know, I believe where it kind of came from. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think most hospitals think to have it written into their contracts when working with MSPs that there's not going to be a delay. And if it's not in the contract, then it's just managed by, you know, whoever's providing it. Right. Um, you know, where I have seen, you know, some new contracts come out or, or seen some places um, retain the MSP partner they have, that's been something that's starting to get worked in from the hospital end to look out for their interest. Sure. Um, do you, do you believe at any point the MSP model will overtake the VMS model in popularity? I think it already has. Um, I think I think the MSP model um, is is a pretty easy one to come up with because again, it's already proven to be successful in a lot of cases. And all you really need to do to offer it is is have a staffing wing in your company. If you provide travel nurses, there's really little. Sure to keep you from providing staffing. You know, it's one of those things, we're, we're a respectable sized company at this point, mm -hmm. but there's companies out there much smaller than us that have true MSPs in, in hospitals around the country. Mm -hmm. And it's either relationship-based or volume-based. Um, you know, where the expenses come into play is is supporting those those nurses coming in um, from outside of your company. You know, mm -hmm. how do you really make your money work on the fee you charge the companies? Because you still have to have all the internal support, right. which, which takes a piece of the pie you know, to support mm -hmm. those subcontractors. I think I think the important part as a traveler, the information that they really need to know though, is a lot of times I hear as a recruiter is I want to go to this hospital and I'm being told that I can only work through big company A. Yeah. Well that's the only thing that the hospital knows is that big company A yeah. runs the MSP. Mm -hmm. That hospital doesn't know that we can still send our candidates through big company A, so you can still work for us or wh wh whatever company you're working for, but you know it's not true that you can only work with that company. The yeah. hospital's gonna tell you that, but that's not typically true as we work with most of those major MSPs. Yeah, and again, you know, a lot of that 
comes down to which MSP they're using and their their willingness or ability to educate that client. Yep. You know, we do calling calling into hospitals and marketing into hospitals. We hear both. You know, we can't work with you because we only work with X company, <laughs> or hey, yeah, we'd love to work with you, but you need to reach out to X company to see who who you can come in through. You know, sure. as a nurse, you know, I also heard other uh, other nurses come to us and say, hey we need to get you guys added to this hospital. So I think a lot of that comes from, you know, the willingness of that MSP to educate the contacts at the hospital yeah. as to the process. Mm -hmm. There's also this assumption, you know, one of the big benefits from the hospital side when they do come to working with MSPs and VMSs, that it's gonna cut down on the number of calls. Um, you know, it cuts down on the companies that, that have the contract, but the other companies that don't have that subcontract with your facility are gonna to continue to try and reach out and, and find that angle to either A, get that contract directly with you, or at least get to the point of, of you speaking up and having them added. Um, unfortunately, you know, if it gets to the point of, of them, you know, rubbing the contract so wrong that they'll never ever work with them, mm -hmm. usually what that means from this side of the phone is, okay, me as an individual at the company, I'm done trying to get it, but six months down the road, there's that new hungry employee that's going to try and pick right up on the right. trail and start making those phone calls again. So exactly, uh, it, mm -hmm. it limits the amount of phone calls from the customers or the, through the companies like us that sub through their vendor. Yep. But it doesn't eliminate calls as a whole. It'll never eliminate calls as a whole. Right. And, and you know, from our end too, you know, once we have that agreement in place, we don't call in. You know, we won't mm -hmm. make those direct attempts. You know, we right. do respect the authority that the VMS or the MSP has. Um, that keep us away from the client directly, mm -hmm. but we also don't have a full all-encompassing list from any of them as to what all their customers are. So that, that does cause some problems from our end when we call in a market to find out that it's somebody we're already supposedly have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. You know, the other thing I think it's important to, to notate out is that just because you have a relationship or a contract in place with an MSP at one hospital doesn't mean you have that relationship with every hospital that they run. Correct. So yep. just because, you know, what you were talking about, some of the confusion from your end earlier, you hear that, yeah, we do work with company X. Well, this new location is also with company X, so you immediately assume we're good to work with them. That's not reality. Yeah. You know, there still needs to be some sort of pain from their end to add us. Absolutely. Traditionally, if we do have a direct relationship, and that facility ends up making the decision to go to a VMS or an MSP, we're onboarded and we retain the relationship through the new VMS or MSP. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the contract and somebody takes it over, you're kind of starting over again yep. uh, in that effort to get it. Yep. Which leads me to our Facebook post of the week. This is the Facebook post of the week. So I figured Facebook post of the week this week, I, I thought it was interesting because it has to do with resumes and hospitals. Yep. And uh, might be might be interesting from, from a client management mm -hmm. point of view, the answer to this question. Resume question. This comes from, this comes from uh, I believe this, where was this from? This was from uh, Scrub Squad, 1978, that, from that group. Resume question. When highlighting your experience, do you list each individual hospital you've worked at or do you put your agency only? If listing the hospitals, do you emphasize only the impressive ones or all of them? Please satisfy my curiosity. Yeah, I mean, easy from the recruiter, obviously, the the way that we have it set up is you, you list every hospital down. Basically when, and the importance of that is when you go to do a background check, most places 
require you to do a by zip code or by uh, state, city, county that you were that hospital was in. Mm -hmm. They will go back and check all those. So just saying that I work for Atlas from 2015 to 2018 is not going to suffice a a background check in in our industry. Right. Um, and eventually you could put that. Um, but eventually you're going to have to list those out. So um, the, the answer to the question is you're going you're, you're gonna to want to put the dates, you know, March through June 2018 with the hospital um, and then go into specific information, unit, unit ratios, trauma levels, teaching hospital, non-teaching hospital, critical access, and maybe some information um, about the unit that you're on. Yeah, for, from, from our side of it, I mean, absolutely every place you've worked, should be there you know i mean i'm not saying you need to go back to your high school days working the fast food counter or, or, or the grocery store but when it does come to putting together a resume for a professional job a healthcare job a, a job as a nurse or, or a therapist or an allied health professional um, if it's ever you know discovered that you've withheld something that just doesn't have a positive connotation to mm -hmm. it you instantly go to somewhere negative if you find out that somebody left something off even if um, it's not right even if it's not you know but i can't i can't imagine any any motivation or any any good reason why you'd withhold something um you know reason being you know the thought process there immediately is that you're not being full forthcoming sure. so as an employer and doing a lot of the hiring from this sure. side we've had internal instances where you have found out something's been left off a resume and every time it skews my impression of that individual coming in the door mm -hmm. and whether they've gotten a fair shot or not so you know i, I would say that carries over that is part of just being a professional and, and being you know honest mm -hmm. Um, I mean, your resume is supposed to be a perfect depiction of, of where you've been. Mm -hmm. Saying Atlas is great, you can put it down there as a subline, as employer, sure. but location needs to be listed. You know, a hospital sees Atlas, they don't know if that's a level one trauma center. Yeah. They don't know if that's a sister hospital that they're not allowed to hire people from, you sure. know? You yeah. run into that all the time. Systems won't hire people who are currently employed with them, mm -hmm. you know? If they don't see that, well, and then it gives you it gives you an extra layer. It gives you the nurse an extra layer of protection too. So you're talking to your recruiter about a certain job, right? And then and so that information's on there. You're going to vet that. Okay, yep, you've worked in similar size hospitals or trauma centers or whatever. Mm -hmm. You send that resume over to client manager. Client manager does the exact same thing before before he sends it on to yep. the hospital for review. So Are you extra, qualified yeah. for this, this it, position? It's yeah, I mean, it's one, level. It's a really good point. You know, being in this in this role, very few people that sit in these seats as client managers or recruiters actually have that healthcare background themselves. Mm -hmm. So the vetting process is is at least threefold in most companies. And, mm -hmm. and you know, it's, it's what's those, what's the resume look like is a big piece of it, you know? Yeah. I can at least look, even as a non-healthcare professional, number of beds, trauma unit, you know, floating expectations, right. nurse to patient ratio, does that or does that match with the job description? If so, I've vetted them. Mm -hmm. You know, if it doesn't, yep. that's an indicator to me that I'm either one, putting somebody in a position to fail, or two, putting the hospital in a position where they're gonna hire an inappropriate fit. Yep. You know, so that paired up with, with references is, is a big part of us qualifying an individual. So yeah, if you're leaving off your level one trauma hospital, because it maybe wasn't a great experience or because it's a current employer and you can't run the risk of somebody verifying employment right it really could set everybody up for failure and i get it not every contract's awesome yeah right? but oh, no. it's it's all part it's all part of the re uh, your resume right and, and it's all part of your work experience 
get it on there, make sure it's there. Yeah, make sum sure it up, that, put it all there. Yeah, make sure that detail is there. So, Mr. Seidner, thank you so much for being with us today. I really mm -hmm. appreciate it. It's uh, fun. Hopefully it turns out all right. I think, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> okay. I think we'll be all right. So next week, I have no idea. We'll have to come up with something. It's College World Series here in Omaha. College World Series, if you are anywhere around Omaha, tomorrow starts the College World Series. If you've never been here for that before, Think about coming. It is, even if you're not a huge baseball fan, it is. It's just is, a fun, fun time in Omaha. Yeah, it is a great time. Omaha really turns out for amateur sports and, you know, college sports. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great time. Stop by. We'd love to see you. Have a great Thank day. Thank you, guys.